Chapter 10 Sunday was a particularly boring day. Dad decided he wanted to spend some time on his book. Me and Mum went out in the garden for a while and played a few garden games like quoits and French cricket before our fun was spoilt by a passing heavy rain shower. The time seemed to pass very slowly. I considered telling my parents about the UFO but decided I must have dreamt it or perhaps it could have been a drone. Anyway, I wasn't sure my parents would have believed me. Possibly due to my disrupted night's sleep the previous night, I slept soundly. It was probably the best night's sleep I'd had in a long while. Perhaps it was the fresh Scottish air. That's what my dad would have you believe anyway. The following day's leisurely breakfast was interrupted by a knock on the door of the cottage. My mum answered and called through. Peter, there's a visitor for you, love. Ah, yes, I almost forgot. I wandered to the door and there was Millie on her bike, clearly ready to make a day of it. I didn't know what to expect from today, but it was certainly a welcome change after the rather uneventful weekend I'd just endured. You're not ready yet, lazy bones. It's nearly half past nine. Millie cheekily shouted through. She was certainly a confident character. I quickly finished my toast, grabbed my jacket and said goodbye to my parents. The bike that came with the Airbnb was slightly too big for me, but it would be okay as long as we didn't have to stop too often. Where are we going? I inquired, intrigued about what lay ahead. That's for me to know, and you to find out, Millie shouted back. We rode down the drive, past the airfield, and over the hill. We carried on inland for about a mile. We slowed down and stopped, outside a small, pretty cottage. That's our wee house there, Millie informed me. You can see my bedroom window up there on the left. Your house looks very pretty, I said politely. Millie smiled back. You're so posh, she laughed. But thanks. It's not much, but we like it. We waved to Millie's mum, who was doing some gardening, and carried on our ride. We headed in a different direction, and before long, we could see the top of a lighthouse peeking out above a hill. We carried on over the hill, and made our way down towards the lighthouse. The lighthouse was an imposing structure, and was almost exactly as you would imagine a lighthouse to look. Painted beautifully in thick red and white stripes, it was clearly a working lighthouse, as everything was in pristine condition. The lighthouse was built on a large rock and was connected to the land by a small metal bridge. We stopped just before a gate which prevented pedestrian access to the lighthouse. What do you think? She's beautiful, isn't she? Millie said, admiring the lighthouse that she knew so well. This is an incredible spot, I replied. Thank you so much for bringing me here. This has been fun. Well, if you thought that was fun, you're going to love the next bit. We're going in. Going in the lighthouse? I replied incredulously. We can't go in. No public access, it says. Ah, well, my mum knows Doogie Mackay, the lighthouse keeper, and she's arranged for him to take us on a tour. Come on. This was exciting news. I'd never been in a lighthouse before. What an amazing surprise. I was taken aback that someone I'd only just met had gone to such lengths to sort this out. Millie was a little loud, a little kooky, and more than a little cheeky but she seemed a good sort. We rang a little buzzer situated next to the gate and after a short while, the lighthouse door opened. Out came a huge, scary-looking man. Doogie Mackay must have been well over six feet tall and almost as broad. He had a mop of greasy-looking black and silver hair with one of the longest, bushiest beards I'd ever seen. He had a large scar just above his beard on his right cheek. He was wearing a big woolly jumper that was knitted in such a way that it looked like chainmail. The jumper was rolled up at the sleeves, revealing huge muscly arms, 
emblazoned with all sorts of mainly nautical themed tattoos. I looked at Millie with a slightly panicked expression. Was this for real? Had I seen this guy in the street, I'd probably have looked to avoid him at all costs. Now I was about to enter a building with him, with only a kind of immature red-headed girl for company. Millie looked back at me and winked before shouting, Hello, Mr. McKay. The man ambled up to the gate and opened it. Hello, wee Millie. Who's your wee Sassanac friend? The man growled. I'm Peter, I blurted out. Pleased to meet you, Mr. Mackay. I held out my hand for a handshake. The man ignored the friendly gesture. Without even looking at me, the man turned to Millie and grunted. What's with his voice? What are you doing hanging about with spurners anyway? Millie was obviously used to the ways of Dougie Mackay. Unperturbed, she replied to him, He can't help it. He's just posh, that's all. That's how he speaks. He's okay, really. Aye, that Englishman, he retorted. He let out a strange laugh that was more like a sneer. Millie laughed too, though slightly awkwardly, as if out of politeness more than anything. As much as I was really enjoying being talked about in such glowing terms, this was beginning to take the shine off what would have been a fun experience. I looked at Millie, gesturing as if to encourage her to either leave or try and go inside. Can we come inside and have a look, Mr Mackay? Millie asked. Hey, let's get on with it, Dougie Mackay replied. He suddenly turned to me, stared deep into my eyes and blurted out, You're a lucky wee boy. I'm only letting you in as a favour to Agnes. Didn't you put one foot out of line or I'll turn you into haggis? We followed Mr Mackay across the bridge and into the door of the lighthouse. I turned to Millie and whispered, I think he likes me. Millie chuckled very quietly and replied, Don't worry, his bark is worse than his bite. Very good job, I thought. As it happens, the visit to the lighthouse was absolutely fascinating. We were first taken up a seemingly endless number of steps to the top of the lighthouse. The views from there were stunning. We could virtually see the whole of the island. To the east, the village and harbour. To the west, the airfield. In the distance, we could make out the coast of the next island. There were three other separate levels of the lighthouse. It turned out that Mr Mackay lived there all of the time. On one level was a bedroom, on another a small bathroom and kitchen, and on the ground floor was something like a storeroom. All in all, we were there for about half an hour. By the end, Mr Mackay's mood had improved slightly, and he even cracked the occasional smile. We were about to say our goodbyes and leave the lighthouse, when I spotted another door that looked to be leading down to a cellar. Mr Mackay, where does that door lead to? Can we have a look down there? I asked, somewhat bravely. Mr Mackay's mood darkened suddenly. No, you can't look in there. It's not safe. Some dangerous tools and equipment down there. He answered suddenly and sharply, almost shouting. No, I think it's time you were both leaving. With that, we were ushered swiftly and abruptly away. Mr Mackay said a hasty goodbye before retreating to the lighthouse and shutting the door behind him. That was a bit strange, I said to Millie. He's a strange man, Millie said. My Mars says he always has been. They went to school together, but to be honest, I think Mars the only one who gives him the time of day. She feels sorry for him, I think. Hmm, well, thanks anyway for bringing me over here. That was cool. Now, what does Sassanac actually mean? Millie paused for a moment. You don't want to know. <laughs>